Mayday is brought to you by JordanDene.com. That is Jordan, D-E-N-E.com. Uh, she runs an apparel and accessories company. This is functional fandom items. Uh, you can wear this stuff every day. They're totally fashionable and functional, and I think you will really like what you see. So definitely go check them out. Uh, JordanDene.com. Once again, it's J-O-R-D-A-N, like Jordan, uh, D-E-N-E.com. Our organization podcast partner this month is NARAL Missouri. They are Missouri's largest grassroots pro-choice organization working to protect a woman's right to a full range of reproductive health care for over 40 years. For more information about them, you can go to ProChoiceMissouri.org. That's ProChoiceMissouri.org to get more information about NARAL Missouri. Lastly, our wild card, and this one I am very excited to introduce you all to, um... It is called Geek Girl Brunch. You can find out all about them if you visit their website, geekgirlbrunch.com. This was something that is really cool, very grassroots, started uh, up in New York City by three women who were looking to start a women's only uh, brunch group to just talk about geeky stuff and do geeky stuff with fandoms and all kinds of things. Um, So visit geekgirlbrunch.com, find your local chapter or start a local chapter. That is geekgirlbrunch.com. Check them out. Hey everybody, welcome. This is Justin. We are here with Delia Harrington joining us today. Delia, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. And this is going to be a, a little segment that we're going to do hopefully monthly for a little while. Um, might evolve into some other things, but we're going to at least say that we're going to talk about this today for sure on this podcast. Um, we're I think we're going to call it tentatively Mayday Downstream. I don't know how I feel about that still, um, but we're just going to talk about all the fantastic tv shows that are out there to uh, stream to your television so delia obviously you write for uh, den of geek and cover several television shows um you know i know prior to us coming on here you said you were covering your writing for uh dynasty which i'm intrigued by just because i grew up in the 80s and 90s and remember dynasty the original dynasty which was a lot of shoulder pads and women fighting in fountains and whatnot um so tell me about the new dynasty which is an odd thing for us to kick off with, but as I said, I'm really intrigued by it. <laughs> so there's definitely women fighting in a lot of fountains. Uh, not, <laughs> not nearly as many shoulder pads as I would like. Um, I do think that the fashion the fashion could be better and the 80s references could be better, but um, it's, it's very much a 2017 update. It's done by Josh Schwartz, who people may remember from Gossip Girl, The O.C. Um, we'll be talking about him a little bit later because he also is working on Runaways. Uh, but he's generally someone you would trust with sort of your CW-esque trashy young people millennial show. Um, it's definitely a soap. Uh, the biggest updates that they do is that they change some um, some of the demographics of the characters. So uh, Sammy Joe is not like a money-grubbing whore lady character, which is like that sort of gold digger trope. Um, Sammy Joe is instead a, a gay man. And he definitely is still, you know, all, not one to pass up cash, but it's not his, uh, his dominating characteristic. You also have Jeff Colby, who's sort of the rival to the, so the Carrington's the main people for everyone who doesn't know. And Jeff Colby's the rival. And in this, he's like this young black tech dynamo who used to work for the Carrington's. Um, and his sister is also on it to a, to a lesser extent. So the fact that there's people of color, um, they also have made Michael Colhane is on there. He's another black character and he's the driver. And so there's a lot more tugging at the class issue here. There's a little mm. bit of an downstairs thing because he and Fallon, uh, the, main, the Carrington daughter, they have some, uh, a bit of an attraction there. 
Um, and so they're always going to be dealing with the money thing uh, because he's literally employed by her father. Uh, so it's a black guy driving a white woman around. And that is an interesting thing for them to try to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, there's a ton of like modern references, like the opening sequence of the pilot, they show like the Trumps and the Kardashians. They reference the idea that Blake Carrington probably voted for Trump. Trump's, the Trumps come up a lot. Let me just say that. Like the uh, the episode that's airing tonight, uh, there's a reference to like, oh, the only reason people stop talking about that scandal is if Melania files for divorce or if a Kardashian has a triplet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So expect a lot of that. It's, um, it's, it's sort of uneven right now. Like what I really want it to be is totally trashy and like a fun romp and just, just lean into the crazy. Right. Um, Right. Just own it. Right doesn't quite do that as much as i would like it to like the times when it does it is so much fun like so like you like you're looking for a full-on melrose place at this point right if i can date myself a little because that was one of the shows that started off fairly normal and went super off the rails <laughs> well and even riverdale like that is a show that a lot of people got into this summer because it was up on netflix and mm-hmm. like show looked bonkers from the very first glimpse we got of the trailer and it continues to be bonkers and in a weird way it feels more grounded now oh, yeah. uh, maybe the world is getting used to it but like i want the amount of bonkers that riverdale has is what i want to see on dynasty like i want it's it's the heir apparent to gossip girl that's the idea but i don't feel like it has fulfilled that at all um i want more trashiness the sex is not the sex is real pg maybe yep. pg but like it's not there's no like steam there the clothing is like a little too basic um someone put on like a white sequined like leisure suit to wear to work <laughs> and she changed into like a normal suit instead and i was like come on <laughs> Give me a weird leisure suit with a giant collar and the sparkles and the i want the madness oh that's funny well let's roll right into riverdale then since you are also talking about it. now this is a, this is a show that intrigues me i'm a little afraid to watch it i haven't watched it yet because I, I read Archie stuff as a kid, um, not like all the time, but I read it. And so I hadn't read anything. And then I, I know I've talked about this on a podcast before, but I, the last thing I read was the afterlife with Archie, which is one of the best comic things, anything I've ever read ever. It is incredible, um, which also intrigued me because they announced that they were doing a um, chilling tales of Sabrina, the teenage witch coming up here on the CW as well. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's, and I think it's the same showrunner, um, Robert Aguirre, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, the yeah. same showrunner is going to be taking on that, and I'm I'm hoping for a backdoor pilot, and like for her to just appear on Riverdale first. Yeah, you would um, think so, because, well, for those that don't know, like in the in the book at least, um, Riverdale and Greendale, which is where Sabrina the Teenage Witch is from, are kind of like next to each other, I guess, and so they're, that's how they connect. Yeah, so I'm hoping that she makes an appearance. Um but the way that I've been describing Riverdale to people is that it's like if you take um, Gossip Girl, Twin Peaks, and Vampire Diaries, and uh, and Veronica Mars, I would say like the, the heaviest doses of those shows, and put them in a blender. Is there a supernatural element to Riverdale? Um, Not yet. There's oh. definitely things that might make you question whether there is or not. As far as like the Twin Peaks vibe, so they literally have Madchen Amick in the show the actress mm-hmm. um so that like alone just gives it and then the look of it so if people take a look at like the trailer online it's very noirish right yes very noir um there's narration uh which is it reminds me of veronica mars but i i don't know that uh jughead is necessarily our veronica i feel like 
oddly enough, Betty is our Veronica. And if you ever oh. watch, there's, there's an episode literally called Betty and Veronica, nice. um, which is fun. But it's uh, basically a bunch of very beautiful teens who make amazing literary and pop culture references at the drop of a hat are like going around solving murders and doing ridiculous things like at one point someone they were having a funeral for a character and there's like a printed embossed invitation to a funeral like I've never seen a written (laughs) but on Riverdale it's like got a wax seal um but it's also very much got uh a very young like aesthetic and it's very it's got a lot of feminism to it like Betty and Veronica are not fighting over Archie they decide almost instantly that they like each other more than they like Archie um and that's interesting because that that was one of the the angles I remember talking to my daughter who uh, is very um astute in the ways of the social justice and trying to explain the Betty and Veronica angle of Archie and how they basically did was fight over her and and fight over him and she just kind of looked at me like he cannot be serious. And so when they when they talked about doing this show, I was like, are you really going to do that storyline? So that's interesting that that's the angle they took. Yeah, so they they really changed that pretty early on. And they even have the actress who plays um the Stranger Things character from season one who died, uh, Barb. Oh, Barb, the yeah. Who played Barb is a character. She plays a different, an unrelated character on Riverdale, which I thought was real genius. Um <laughs> women of of the show they the young women will team up and do things like if they find out that all the guys are the guys are doing like some sort of almost like revenge porn like keeping a score count and so they all team up even the girls who hate each other and they take them down so like that's just like a occurrence on Riverdale is like how are we going to handle this that's awesome yeah so that's a it's a fun show it's definitely campy and weird um the initial the murder of season one is um who killed Jason Blossom? Very similar to uh, the Twin Peaks sort of model of who killed, but right. they do solve it within one season, unlike Twin Peaks. And for season two, which is going on right now on CW, they actually do have a, a decent follow-up crime. Um, it and it turns out it's you very quickly realize it's a serial murderer. Um, well, since you're really good at uh, transitions, let's uh, talk about Stranger Things. Since you, we had a little Barb reference in there, um, now. I'm behind the times. I only watched two episodes. My daughter had a birthday party with her friends and they binge watched the whole thing until like, I don't know, they were up till like three in the morning or something ridiculous like that and started at like seven. And uh, so I'm behind, but I know it's gotten mostly positive um, reviews. So have you watched it yet? I haven't. So I am a wuss and I cannot watch scary things alone at night. So that limits when I can watch things like that. Um, I do watch scary stuff. I like make myself, but it usually ends poorly and then I'm up all night. But everything I've heard and read about Stranger Things season two is that it's amazing and people are really excited. So I will do that at some point, like, and then make someone like stay over at my house with me. Now, are you like, so okay, can... are you like me? Like, cause I am also not necessarily a scary movie person. I've gotten a little better. It's kind of like immersion therapy. You know, I keep doing a little bit at a time and it keeps getting better. Um, but I'm also a, uh, I could do that like before 4 p.m. when the sun is out. <laughs> right. I can do it early in the day and then I need a palate cleanser. Like I, as a kid, I watched What Lies Beneath with my mother, like, and we had to turn it off because we were alone, alone, the two, two, two people alone in a house at night, it's raining. And so then we turned it off when it got scary and we watched it the next day at like noon. And then <laughs> we, yeah. That's funny. So that's usually my tactic. 
Yeah, that's I think that's the way to do it. Now I know the big thing about this season is that it is I believe ten episodes as opposed to six. I think the original first season was, and so there's a little more character development, which I think people appreciate. It's a little slower paced because I know season one it was kind of frenetic paced. Yeah, I I think the shorter season TV shows. I mean, I like a my ideal is like a twelve or thirteen. For most shows, there's mm-hmm. certain shows I think are fine having fewer, like Alias Grace that we're going to talk about is, what was that, six? And I thought that yeah, six, was, six was, it could have done eight, but any more than that would have been pushing it. Um, but I think having a little bit more, especially with something like Stranger Things, where you have to do some world building, like mm-hmm. you have to explain, you know, like spoiler alert, if you haven't seen any of Stranger Things or like read the internet in the last year, like. What yeah, I feel, I feel like spoiler alert for Stranger Things is, you know, if you haven't watched season one, that's your fault. So, yeah. So you have to explain things that you don't have to explain in, you know, a show that is going to be a bit more straightforward. You know, anytime yeah. you have a sci-fi element, I think you need more time to get to your character development. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so let's roll right into Alias Grace, which is also a, another Netflix property because, you know, they have all of the money. Um, what did you think? What'd you say? Sorry. But not all the <laughs> Emmys? You like that? I, I, you know, I talked about that that day we did after, when we did the first podcast. After I was like, how mad do you have to be if, you, if you're Netflix and you, you have this budget that is basically limitless? And here comes Hulu, who's never had a show that's done anything before of note. You know, they've had good shows, but nothing that's garnered any public attention or awards. And here they come with a show that, you know, Amazon passed on, which we'll get to later. But, uh, and they win the first Emmy for streaming drama series is amazing. Just, I can't even imagine. (laughs) So this race is a Netflix show, not a Hulu show, but it is a Margaret Atwood show. And we are hardcore stands for Maggie Atts. We're here for And she's in this again. She made, she's, she's doing the cameo thing, which I think is awesome. She is. uh, There's a cameo again. She's uh, producing, she's some kind of like supervising producer credit or something like that. Um, pretty great uh for people who haven't don't have never heard of alias grace who don't know what the deal is it is a based on the margaret atwood novel which is historical fiction it's a period piece and it's true crime yes uh so there are some fictionalized elements there's a couple of whole characters that did not exist in real life um mainly this guy dr jordan so um grace marks was a real life woman uh she came from ireland she she lived in canada she was uh accused and she was uh, found guilty of murdering um this man who she was a servant for um and then they never got around to trying her for killing the housekeeper right housekeeper was also also was killed um and so like the series opens when she's already been in prison for something like 13 or 15 maybe 16 years um and so she has already been to an asylum she's already had all of the brutality that one might expect of an 1800s prison system um and then she starts talking to this guy simon jordan there's always people who come and this happened in real life that people would come not Simon Jordan because he wasn't real, but luminaries would come and want to stare at her and see what she was all about. And there's all these scientists back when they were like making up so much of science. They'd like measure her head because they thought mm-hmm. that oh, if you can predict who is going to commit a crime by the circumference of their brain, we can try them in advance. Um, and all sorts of nutty. There's a lot of spiritualist elements, which are pretty cool. That was a big thing at the time. And seances. Uh-huh. Um, so you learn the story of her life and also the whole time i mean literally the whole time you're gonna wonder did she really do it or not 
literally the whole time, right? Like, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, people yeah. In, enjoy the mystery, lean into the ambiguity. Yes. Um, definitely, I found that for everything that she did that made me think she didn't do it, there's something else that made me think she did. Um, and I had already read uh, some of the book and had looked into the history of it, so I kind of knew what I was in for there. But um, the main actress, I mean, she's phenomenal, and I Sarah, can't wait to see Sarah Gaden, right? Yeah, she did such an amazing job. Like, you're always on her side, but you don't always think she's innocent. Right. Yes, I, I agree. I, I thought she was awesome. Um, and because I do this all the time, like I know I'd seen her in something that I watched most of. Um, and it ended up being that eleven twenty two sixty three adaptation that they did on Hulu of Stephen King's book. So other people who were in Alias Grace, Anna Paquin, uh, who is amazing, amazing in this. Um, she is Anna Paquin is like also inscrutable. I feel like if I had one word for Alias Grace, it would be inscrutable. Um, kind of don't know what to expect from Anna Paquin either. And like because she's Anna Paquin, you sort of assume a certain amount of like wholesomeness and kindness. And then the whole time you're like, I don't know, are you? Cast wise, I thought everybody was fantastic. Yeah, they were. Um, for people who love Handmaid's Tale, if you're like looking for what would be the things other than the fact that it's Margaret Atwood. Um, it very much deals with issues of class, um, like women's bodily autonomy, sexual violence, um, sort of like what it means to be a woman and to be constrained and to not have the freedom to do what you would like, because that's, you know, sort of all of the women that you meet, they have some kind of restriction set on them. Um, and you see a lot of things about like how, you know, women's bodily autonomy is, is constrained by other people. Um, so a lot of those same themes, there's so many times where I was thinking back to Handmaid's Tale episodes and to the similar dilemmas on the Handmaid's mm -hmm. Tale. Yeah, for sure. And there's, you know, there's the immigration issue with her and them coming from Ireland on what like, is a terrible boat ride, I guess is underselling it, but. We call those coffin ships. Oh my gosh. Terrible. And the yeah. worst, maybe one of the worst TV dads ever. I don't know. I mean, he's yeah. got to be up there. Bad TV dad. It's it's a strange and I you know when I did the preview podcast for it I definitely made people sure to know that there's a different vibe for sure like production overall uh, than The Handmaid's Tale so you can't go in really expecting what you got from The Handmaid's Tale as far as production value and the style of direction because it's way more traditional and way more like you could throw this in the middle of like Sunday on BBC like after Poldark and that's kind of where it would fit in um, yeah. pretty seamlessly in my opinion. Yeah, I, there were some times where it reminded me of Handmaid's Tale. There's a lot of really close shots, close to the face. Um, yes. Of Grace, and that reminded me a lot. And then also there's some lovely lighting. Any t there's many scenes of Grace like sitting in some sort of window with beautiful light shining down on her in a way that looks very similar to the mm -hmm. uh, PR stills and marketing stills from Handmaid's Tale. Very true, um, very true. Kind of the main moments that it like visually was so similar. But other than that, I would say that it's kind of its own thing. Um, and I just want to pay the plug for Sarah Polly, the woman who wrote this show. She's she's a for, she's been an actress, a director, a writer, um, and she wrote the show by herself. Like she did the adaptation and the screenplay oh, wow. all her own. Um, she also wrote a great piece recently, "The Men You Meet in Hollywood." People may have seen that; it went kind of viral. 
um, about you know everything that's going on right now with sexual harassment in the industry. Um, and she talks about why she is essentially no longer an actor, but but just writing and directing instead. But oh. it was a labor of love. I read somewhere that she tried to option this originally when she was like 17. Yeah, um, I, I had read that too. And I know she announced originally she was going to try and do it as a feature film. Yeah, but I think this is so much better because you would, they unspool it all so slowly over mm-hmm. the course. It, it feels very slow and methodically paced, even though it's only six episodes. And even though there's many sort of intense moments where you see a lot of action. Um, and violence and intensity, it feels really sort of methodical and contemplative. I agree. No, I had nothing bad to say about it at all. All the performances were great. The guy that plays uh, the guy they kill, I forget what his name is now. Um, James Montgomery, was that? Or is that the guy that helped her kill her? I know that Kinnear is his name in the show. Kinnear. Kinnear, Kinnear is the guy that gets killed. Um, that guy that played him was fantastic. Um, and so was Zachary Levi, which I had like no frame of reference for because I'm not the biggest fan necessarily i'm not an anti i just never have seen him in a lot of stuff not a chuck fan i never watched chuck no i know that's uh, like heresy among the <laughs> the geekdom but um yeah no never watched the chuck i also just like chuck for the way that they shamelessly they continually saved the show the fans did and then like just shamelessly incorporating subway as like oh. we're gonna lamp because we know that you know that this is how we saved the show so we're just gonna like eat this sandwich dramatically and make jokes about the sandwich while we're eating it, which made it so much better than if they had like tried to be subtle. That's awesome. No, just never watched it. I don't even remember like why I never watched it, but I just never did. Um, well, so the tail end of when you had to catch something live on TV. To yeah, that's it. very true. Very true. Um, but yeah, so Alias Grace, highly recommended. Zachary Levi is awesome. Everybody in it is fantastic. So you can binge that on the Netflix. Um, now, speaking of the Hulu uh something delia and i are both very excited about that i got to watch the first couple episodes of is uh the runaways which is a new marvel show that hulu is uh producing and it's coming out this month november 22nd i believe is when it debuts um and i watched the first two episodes which is really cool um and they were really good and i think um we were talking about riverdale and kind of those trashy teen shows. And this is not necessarily trashy teen, but it isn't very much in that vibe of uh, that kind of show. Because I think we talked about um, someone from Gossip Girl is writing or producing this show. Am I correct? Josh Schwartz. Josh Schwartz. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it's really good um, for those unfamiliar with the storyline. And I am um, not as well versed in this one as everybody else. But it's basically these this group of friends in high school that have kind of drifted apart after the death of one of their group and they are one of them is trying to get everybody back together and there's various types of personalities in this group you got the jock guy you have um one kid who is african-american kid whose parents are all of their parents are very rich um and are part of this group that is veiled as a like philanthropic group called the pride but turns out to be a little more nefarious than that. Um, the first episode is really good because it's all about them kind of rediscovering each other and trying to get back together and why that's not working. And uh, eventually they do come together, obviously, or it wouldn't be a good show. Um, and then the second episode is the same storyline, but from the parents' point of view. That's how they did it, which I was afraid was going to be a little tedious just because of the potential there. But it turned out really good. Um, 
So I, I've really liked it so far. Have you heard anybody else that's seen any of this? Yeah, people are generally pretty excited. I mean, so it's got the word Marvel in it, which tells people it's a comic book. Um, so there's a couple of graphic novels. You should pick them up if you haven't already. You can get them Amazon Prime and have them to your house and be have done reading them before this comes to air. Um, and they're really well done. And I think, I don't know, if you can see the source material, it's always good. It's pretty accessible. It's not like something like a Superman where you're like, but which one do I start with? Um, there's just the, the couple Runaways books, so you can read those. Um, the cast has some people of color in it, which a lot of people are excited about. A lot of uh, my friends have been pretty excited about that in particular. Um, so I haven't seen it yet. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Marvel's doing, <laughs> they've they finally had, had, a, had a dud with their show, The Inhumans, but on tv and that's pretty great and i think that this will add to their add to their overall win count do you know someone that's watched in humans i have and i don't know why okay because here's what i'll tell you i watched the trailer for Unhumans, and i was like there's absolutely no way this is going to be any good it was one of the worst trailers i've ever seen in my entire life going into it that it would be bad and i have watched it i haven't watched the most recent episode but i've been watching it and i i genuinely do not know why i feel like <laughs> Are you hate watching it? Or are you just like train wreck watching it? I don't even know. I don't know. I'm just watching it and I yell at the TV a lot. It's it's really dumb. I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like maybe some Marvel code was secretly put into my brain to make me compelled to watch these. But maybe like so. I I never watched Iron Fist because I knew that would be terrible. But oh this man. We could do a whole show on iron fist or as it's known at my house by uh, several names actually uh moron fist i um, like that iron fist or and this is just our new name for the character dum dum danny um <laughs> i've also just heard whiny white boy um <laughs> it is so many shows that it refers to but oh it's so infuriating yeah and even when they, when even when he's in the Defenders, because he's such a big part of the Defenders, and the Defenders series was really good in spite of him, um, his like his dumbness just continues into the Defenders. Like you're hoping he like, kind of gets with it because he's finally back in the world, and you're hoping he's been there for long enough to where he's like not just this complete dumbass character. But it's taken a while, and I really hope they fix it. <laughs> he's supposed to be Luke Cage's best friend, right? Like that's yes. the idea. Jessica Jones. I've read Alias, but I haven't read um, Luke Cage or Iron Fist. And I've no yes. desire. Yes. Yeah. So there's a whole like series of Luke Cage and Iron Fist together. Um, yeah, that they're friends just makes me sad for Luke. I'm like, you're such a cool and interesting guy. You're yep. funny. You all the people in your world are interesting, and you hang out with this guy. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I hope they fix it because the that that dynamic there and i will say like those two the way that I, even even with iron fist being written terribly um it makes that dynamic that much more funny just because of the actor that plays luke cage and how he is as a character like he's a pretty serious guy you know and dumb dumb danny is not and so <laughs> just watching those two like go back and forth is pretty amusing even with danny being mostly stupid um but jokes that is you know just jessica jones having no patience and just being like you're a moron i don't want to talk to you and that i feel like she's feels exactly the way the majority of the audience feels yeah 
Uh, but Runaways, uh, the two episodes I've watched, I have access to four, so I'm going to hopefully watch the next two. People that we would know that are in this are really, for me, limited to uh, the guy that played Spike on Buffy, James Marsden. Yeah, Marsden. Yeah, and he plays um, he plays uh, this evil mad scientist guy who's kind of super intense and is the father of one of the the jock guy. Um, and he's really good so far. He's kind of a you know he's kind of an asshole um super intense and kind of abusive in a way i i was kind of screening it for my daughter who's in middle school but she's always very paranoid about content because um i made the mistake of taking her to see logan um and she is also kind of like you very uh not horror not overly gory stuff fan and i was like it'll be fine it's gonna be cool and then they start chopping people's heads off which i knew happened but i thought that she was gonna be able to handle it Turns out I was wrong. So now everything that comes out, she's like, you need to watch that before to make sure that that's the right thing. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So now it's not just for the podcast. It's also paternal duty. That's right. Exactly. And I will say that uh, after the first two episodes so far, nothing crazy gory or crazy like intense that a middle school aged kid could not watch. So if you're looking to watch that with your family or your, you know, kids, you can probably do that. Um, for that age group and marvel actually has a couple more shows coming in 2018 that will be for that same age group as well and what are those harrington plugged in tv person um now i have to remember the names of them because they keep changing them um cloak and dagger is one of that's right i forgot they were doing that uh and let's see what's the other one new warriors cloak and dagger oh okay because cloak and dagger had a trailer released Mm-hmm. Um, it's like at least the setup in that trailer is like there's going to be a certain amount of um exploring race and police brutality and like just a more realistic side of like okay you're a teenager and you have these powers um so it's i think it's a black guy and a white woman and they're both teens uh and they have to come to terms with their powers there's not a lot more that i know about that one um but the the teaser that's online uh, was pretty interesting um, and the new Warriors, I really don't know much of anything about it other than the fact that it's going to be on Freeform and it's Marvel. And I feel like I am uniquely suited given how <laughs> I love Marvel things, but I have watched way too much television on Freeform for a grown adult woman. Um, and so for <laughs> Marvel who are afraid, do not worry. Freeform actually knows how to do some dark stuff, some interesting stuff, some morally compromising things. Like Pretty Little Liars was no joke when it came to the noir and morality and all kinds of madness so i'm i'm pretty confident in how they're going to do with these two shows very cool no i'm, I'm intrigued yeah it's interesting that they haven't had very many duds i'm not necessarily the mo- biggest agents of shield fan um but i was told they jumped off that ship too quickly um and apparently somewhere in season one it got good i don't know i just stopped watching it this last season was the best season of agents of shield really that's so interesting because it was so terrible when i started watching it but apparently like i said i gave up too quick um i will say that thor uh down at ragnarok which i cannot not sing like the theme from fraggle rock um was amazing i saw it on sunday with the family and i don't know if you got a chance to see it yet or not i'm assuming because you're a marvel person that maybe you already have uh i thought it was pretty great i have not managed to go see it yet uh, how, have you, how have you watched multiple episodes of inhumans you have not seen thor because in humans i can watch from my house and thor i need to get myself to a movie theater to do deal yeah that's a travesty. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. When you're covering TV shows live three nights a week, it really cuts down on my solo movie watching. Mm-hmm. My weekly. 
you got to make that work. You got to make it work. I'm sorry. It, it for those who haven't seen it, it's truly fantastic. It is a totally different vibe from the vast majority of the Marvel movies. It is much more comedy in this than there has been in uh, the rest of them. Um, Kate Blanchett is amazing. Um, and so is the other woman who's in it, who I cannot think of who she is. She's in Westworld and Dear White People. What's her name? The Black Woman? Yes. Tessa Thompson. She was also on Veronica Mars. It all comes back to Veronica Look at Mars. you go. It does come back to Veronica Mars. So uh, Thor Ragnarok, uh, down at Ragnarok, um, is highly recommended for anyone. It's fantastic. Fun for the whole family. You should go see it. Um, lots. There is a ridiculous amount of pop culture references in that in that movie but uh lastly we're going to talk about this because i'm super excited because i'm i like westerns and um uh netflix kind of threw this show at at us and i didn't know it was coming until i was looking to see what was coming up but there's a show called godless that is going to be starting on the 21st i believe of this month and it's this yeah. uh it's on netflix and it's a western with jeff daniels and michelle dockery who um was on uh, what is she right now she's on what was the show you were telling me to watch the other night good behavior and good behavior Downton Abbey is the thing that most people would know her from yes but if you you should definitely check out good behavior yes it's good behavior featuring Ann Dowd as well yes it was fantastic on that show my wife watches that show and she was like Ann Dowd is hilarious on this because she's like this uh kind of sex obsessed FBI agent (laughs) That is chasing after Michelle Dockery's character. Very confident at being an FBI agent, also a big fan of sex. Yes. Um, now, I will say that I hated, underline, bold, italic, hated Mary in Downton Abbey. Hated her. I did not watch Downton Abbey, I've got to say. Oh, man. I gave her the nickname now. You are familiar with the podcast. And for those of you who did listen to the podcast, you know that I'd called Nick Worthless Nick. Now, the origins of the worthless title come from Mary because I called her Worthless Mary because she was so terrible to everyone. And I just couldn't stand her. She made me insane. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how she is in this show. I'm not necessarily anti that actress. So I'm not anti Michelle Dockery. I'm very anti Mary. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. It looks really cool. The trailer looks really cool. So for those of who not heard of this, uh, so essentially what this is about is uh, Jeff Daniels has a murderous gang of thugs like you do in the Old West. Um, he has a protege of sorts who betrays the gang and uh, Jeff Daniels and the gang want to kill him like you do in the old West. And he takes off and ends up in this town, um, which has been uh, mostly run by women because apparently there was a mining accident that killed all the men that are in the town. And so this is where he gets holed up and stays with Michelle's Dockery character, who is kind of an outcast of even this town of the women. Um, so he is apparently trying to hide out with them. And so the murderous gang of Jeff Daniels and company come to find him and the women of the town who are hanging out with the dude uh, have to fight them off, which is a thoroughly intriguing premise. So it kind of reminds me of that episode of Serenity Firefly. I can never remember which one of the TV show, which one's the movie, um, but where they defend a brothel. Um, it's sort of like a reverse, but um I'm excited for Godless. There's a trailer out that's pretty good. I have to say, I was hoping that there'd be literally zero men in this show. A little disappointed. <laughs> it is a non-zero number of men, so do not be... Do you read the synopsis that just says, a town without men, and then you're disappointed? Just want to, you know, let you down easy now. There are men in the show, but Jeff Daniels is, is a pretty good actor, so I guess we can let it slide. 
Yeah, um, and the the other guy that I saw um, in it in the trailer is was in something that I just watched, which was massively intriguing and really good. Was the uh, Manhunt Unabomber show that the uh, Discovery Channel did? It's great. Yeah. That show is great. Um, if anybody's looking for yeah. something very non uh, Handmaid's Tale related, even remotely, uh, Discovery did Manhunt Unabomber, which is fantastically done sam worthington is in it and he plays a fbi agent right yes and he's the guy that basically helped crack the case for the unabomber and it is thoroughly intriguing and um the guy who i can never remember that plays vision in the avengers paul bettany there you go he plays uh the unabomber and he is amazing uh there's a specific episode where they finally delve into him and his past and all the stuff that is just outstanding one of the best episodes of television i've seen in a long time um but back to godless uh the guy that plays one of the fbi agents is in godless so uh that's why i was making that reference so um yeah i'm thoroughly intrigued i I haven't watched much of it i've kind of wanted to just wait until i've gotten to see the uh screeners for it but i'm very intrigued by the premise and the people in it and it's got some uh got some good people working i know soderbergh's involved steven soderbergh is involved in the production aspect i think he's an executive producer and it's got some, uh, you know, some decent talent behind the production side of it. And like I said, the trailer looks great. Um, and they're definitely, when I took a look at what they were doing, they seem to be, for Netflix, who doesn't throw a lot of uh, promotion behind things, they seem to be doing a little bit for this, which is good. Um, so we've got a trailer up on our Twitter account, if you've seen that. And I'm going to put it up on our website as well. Uh, so that starts the 22nd. So we'll have uh, some more information on that as I watch it. So speaking of Westerns, um, another one that is actually on already, if people want to check it out, it started this week, um, is Damnation, which is over on USA. It's good? It is good. I like it a lot. Um, Yeah, what's it about? It's like a prestige Western, if you can get what that might be in your head. And it's these two, they kind of make it seem like it's a reveal at the end of the first episode, but they definitely had it in a bunch of the marketing that the two guys are brothers. Mm -hmm. So there's... Uh, Crooked Pinkerton, who's a strike breaker, he's been hired by like the local banks and other evil people to like come in and break the strike up. Um, And the preacher is his brother. And you learn pretty quickly that the preacher is not all of what he seems. And there's many different like sides of this conflict. There's also this sheriff that you don't quite know what he wants other than to always be elected. And so there's some (laughs) other, you know, two sides against each other. There's a lot of different perspectives. And there's this random woman who's coming through you know murdering people like crazy like i think she has the highest body count on the show but so for each side quote unquote there's a woman on that side who is pretty pretty strong and scary um which is interesting because the that trailer just seems like men in the west right that's uh, the one i saw and then because that's the only one i'd seen for like weeks and then the other day i was just sitting there watching i didn't have the volume up it just showed up and it was like women a woman's places in the revolution i was like really i had no idea so they they definitely did that thing where they made a separate trailer just for women as in about women and for women and if you didn't <laughs> see that one trailer you would have no idea and you'd probably just go past it um yeah. but it's pretty cool and it's i mean it's very it's very communist like i have a lot of friends in the democratic socialists of america and i'm like uh-huh. guys you gotta watch this within like two minutes of the start he says like what are we fighting against the economic system of america <laughs> i was like okay all right like, Bolshevik is used frequently. Um, yeah, there's like a very strong labor organizing. Like they're not just using it as a plot device. Like they clearly did their homework. They know what they're doing. And so what, what channel is that on? I forget. It's on USA, if you can believe Oh, it. man. 
Okay. I, I knew it was I, something. I knew it was like USA or TNT or something weird like that. And I couldn't remember. Well, and I want to watch when it comes on live. There's an episode where he says the F word uncensored like five times. No kidding. Does this. Yeah. And I'm like, can they do that on T? Like, I don't even know. What are the wow. new rules? So I, I might watch that one live just to see, like, is this man just going to say break their fucking backs like a bunch of times in a church? Wow. That's crazy. Cool, though. I'm glad it's good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. All right. Well, Delia, thank you for uh, joining us on our uh, inaugural uh, segment of a Mayday Downstream or whatever we're going to call this in the future. Um, when I, we have something to report on the godless front or the runaways, as far as uh, more information on that and what we think of it, we'll pass that along. But until next time, it's always fantastic to talk to you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. All right. We will be in touch soon. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This was uh, Mayday. See you. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Please head over to allconsumingcontent.com for more great podcasts. You can check out Back to the Money Bin, a DuckTales podcast, Player vs. Player podcast, and Blues Hockey podcast. You can also check out our radio station at Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is on Slacker Radio or for free on the Slacker app.